Welcome to Thin Places, a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens. I'm Father Carl Adair, the Assistant Rector here at Zion. On this season of the podcast, we're sharing stories about thin places in time. Stories of people who step across a threshold into a new chapter of their lives. And when they look back through that doorway, their past looks different. It has a different shape than they thought. In this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to tell a story, a story from the Bible, one of my favorites from the 10th chapter of the book of Acts. It's a story which is very much about being called across a threshold and then about how our ancestors in the faith had to reimagine their past and their future once they'd crossed it. To give a little bit of context, Acts is the birth narrative of what we now call the church. The whole book is an amazing story that begins just after the disciples experience the strange and wondrous presence of the risen Jesus and chronicles the spread of their witness throughout the ancient Mediterranean world, all the way to Rome. There are lots of different personalities in this sprawling story, and they have lots of surprising adventures. But if there is a main character in the book of Acts, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspires and empowers the apostles to continue the ministry of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is a mischief maker who reliably nudges these apostles toward thresholds they'd rather not cross. The story in Acts chapter 10 is a story like that. It's a story about the apostle Peter shoved by the Spirit to do something he really does not want to do into relationship with people that he'd rather not know. And yet once he's there, he cannot deny that something incredible is happening there, that the Holy Spirit is surely present. Once he crosses that threshold, there's no going back. He has to reconfigure his idea of what his life and ministry are all about and his ideas of what God might be up to. Here's the story. In the midst of his adventures, Peter came to the harbor town of Joppa, which is now part of Tel Aviv. He had been in a nearby town when he received word that Tabitha, a prominent disciple and a leader of the Jesus movement, had fallen ill and died. So Peter went to Joppa and to Tabitha's house, where her body lay in an upstairs room, and he knelt down and prayed for a long time. And then he said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes and sat up and took Peter's hand. You get the sense of the power of the Holy Spirit among these apostles. They are empowered to do what Jesus did, healing, teaching, even raising people from the dead, as Jesus raised Lazarus. And we already see that the apostles are crossing the most basic boundaries of their society, This is a community where women are fully included as leaders, where women matter. Peter stayed in Joppa for a while, and one day he went up on the roof of the house where he was staying to pray. And it was around noon, and as sometimes happens, Peter's stomach began to growl as he prayed. And there, in the moment of his hunger, he had a vision. 
It was a strange vision. Peter saw the heavens open and something like a, like a large sheet, like a picnic blanket, came down from heaven. On that sheet, laid out like a big picnic spread, were all these animals. There were sheep and goats and birds of the air, but also reptiles and crustaceans and creepy crawly things. A whole bunch of creatures that Peter had never eaten and would never even think to eat because they were forbidden by Jewish dietary law. This is one of the things that set Jews apart from other peoples in the ancient Mediterranean. They refused to eat things that other people commonly ate. So Peter was being offered food that his people had never eaten. And because he had internalized the prohibitions on these foods as unclean and defiling, Peter didn't see them only as off-limits. He saw them as gross. And in that moment of disgust, Peter heard the Holy Spirit whisper, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Peter says, is, is, is this some kind of test, Lord? Such food is forbidden. I, I know the rules. And anyway, yuck. But the voice spoke a second time, saying, Eat up, Peter. What God has made clean, you must not call profane. God says it's okay, so it's okay. And this whole process repeated three times. The sheet came down like that big tablecloth. Peter said, no. The spirit said, yes. Peter was understandably unsettled by this. He didn't understand what it was about. He pondered and pondered there on the rooftop, but before he could puzzle anything out, the Holy Spirit spoke to him again. Three men are coming, the Spirit said. I've sent them to you, so follow them where they lead you. And Peter is like, okay. And then sure enough, three men arrived looking for Peter, urging him to go with them 30 miles north to Caesarea to visit with a man named Cornelius, a Roman centurion. So Peter obediently journeyed with them 30 miles north to perhaps the last place he'd want to be. Remember, it was centurions who had whipped and scourged Jesus, who had nailed him to the cross. And throughout Judea, these Roman soldiers had a reputation for riding roughshod over people like Peter and his family, for extorting money, for using force with impunity. Such men were the sharp end of Caesar's spear. They were the occupiers of Israel. Why on earth would Peter want to go have tea with one of his oppressors? And yet Peter listened to the Holy Spirit, and he crossed the threshold into Cornelius' house. And what he found there shocked him. Cornelius had not summoned Peter there to intimidate or punish him, but to listen to him speak about Jesus. Cornelius, too, had heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit and gathered all his friends and his family to hear Peter's witness so they, too, might become part of the Jesus movement. And, of course, as a good host... Cornelius had prepared a feast for his guest, 
There in the center of the room was a table lavishly set with all manner of foods, foods that Peter would never think of eating. For, of course, Cornelius and his family were Gentiles, Gentiles who were nonetheless drawn to the God of Israel revealed in Jesus, drawn into God's covenant with God's people, drawn into God's dream for justice and peace. It was in that moment, beholding that table, that Peter understood his vision. And when it clicked into place, he burst out in joy to those gathered. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from or what foods your family eats. If we open ourselves up to this loving, liberating, life-giving God, and we are willing to follow the nudges of the Holy Spirit, the door to the kingdom is open to everyone. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. He's doing it here and everywhere among all people. And the surprises did not stop there. Peter began to tell them what they'd yearned to hear about Jesus, his life and his teachings, his death and resurrection. And as he was speaking, the Holy Spirit descended on everyone, just as she had on the day of Pentecost, and they all testified to the glory of God. All the Jews who had come with Peter were amazed because they had not wanted to go to Cornelius's house. They had not expected to witness to Cornelius and his family but they definitely did not expect for these Gentiles to witness to them, for the Holy Spirit to speak to them through Gentiles. But it was undeniable. The Holy Spirit was clearly acting not only among the children of Israel who observed the law of Moses, the Holy Spirit was clearly calling all people to turn their lives toward the coming of God's kingdom. And that meant that the Holy Spirit was pushing this whole Jesus movement across a threshold. The Holy Spirit was pushing that movement to reimagine its identity. To be a follower of Jesus would no longer depend on where you came from. It would depend on where you were heading toward the kingdom of God. Belonging to the Jesus movement would no longer depend on being set apart. It would depend on a capacity to join others in the life-giving work of the Holy Spirit. I've always been fascinated by this story, fascinated by Peter. Maybe because... Again and again, the Holy Spirit guides him to do the thing he doesn't want to do. And then when he begrudgingly does it, he is overwhelmed with awe and joy. And I so get that. When I look back at my own life, I've often struggled against the very thing that I need or truly yearn for. 
because I would rather be the boss of myself than to open myself up to that kind of vibrant life. Maybe I'm fascinated by it because Peter, in his willingness to be vulnerable to the Spirit's promptings, meets Cornelius, who seems like the very last person you'd ever expect to be vulnerable to those same promptings. And yet there they are. The two of them, listening to each other, describe the amazing things that God is doing in their lives. It's about their unexpected friendship. But I think what really gets me is that this encounter between Peter and Cornelius and everyone around them, that encounter shows them that they are living in a different story than they thought. This whole podcast is about how we look back at our past with new perspectives, how our past looks different to us on the far side of some new significant experience. And up until this moment, Peter thought he was one of the leaders entrusted to continue Jesus' messianic ministry to Israel. Cornelius had thought he was doing pretty well for himself. As a master of a household, a commander of men, he was what many Romans aspired to be. But in their encounter with the Holy Spirit and with one another, they realized that they are called to seek something more than righteousness or glory more than status or success. They're called into a new story where what they seek is relationship to one another and to the mischief-making God who is always doing a new and life-giving thing. Over the next few episodes of Thin Places, we're going to look back at Zion's past at the history of Zion as a parish. And we're going to ask how that past looks different after we've stepped across a new threshold as a community of Jesus followers. In the past few years, we've weathered the COVID-19 pandemic together. We faced up to some difficult truths about systemic racism in our city and our nation. And we felt God calling us into real relationship with neighbors who are struggling with food insecurity and housing insecurity. We'll draw on the themes of the stories we've heard from Dylan, Katie, Michael, Marguerite, and Christina, Peter and Cornelius. And we'll ask what stories we've been living in. We'll ask what story the Holy Spirit is writing now and inviting us to join. Thin Places is a podcast experiment from Zion Episcopal Church in Douglaston, Queens, produced by me, Father Carla Dare. Our music is by Nick Marcella. We'll be back with a new episode in a few weeks. Until then, peace be with you.